We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yo, VIP. Let's kick it. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080. The fan. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. I sit back with my brand new invention. Joining us now is the owner of BeaverBlitz.com and uh, one of the best to cover the Oregon State Beavers. And we got Vanilla Ice just for her. Angie Machado joining us now. How you doing, Angie? so good. <laughs> we, 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 we had to get the uh, Ice Ice Baby for you. Um, I saw that uh, you tweeted out a picture of your Powerball ticket. Are you the person that won a million dollars in Portland? Because I heard that a ticket was a winning ticket was sold in Portland. No, I did not. So okay. um, I'm still doing my day job. <laughs> so, you know, my double day job. So no, I did not. There's no big, you know, like NIL, Oregon State NIL formed and Angie Machado has dropped off the planet. No. But I did get a Powerball, so that is crazy because I I never like get any of it. So I just got, went ahead and reinvested my Powerball there, and because you know you never know tonight I, is it tonight tomorrow Saturday I don't even know in the drawing I don't play I think I think it's Saturday yeah then the next one's Saturday okay. it's Friday or Saturday okay. well we got bigger things so, to worry about there, between now yeah. and then and that's Oregon State heading up uh, to Seattle Beeves going to be playing Washington now. Uh, I don't know about you, but I, I saw all the rain that we're going to get down here. They're supposed to get a bunch of rain up in, in in Seattle as well. Not quite as bad as down here. But in this matchup, you can't be much happier if you're a B fan or if you're Jonathan Smith than the as, uh, prospects of playing this pass-happy offense uh, in your ability to run the ball um, as the Beavs have really come into their own with their ground game. Yeah, I, I, I love the matchup from the start regardless, just because Oregon State secondary is so strong. So I think that matchup between Penix and the and the Huskies passing attack and Oregon State secondary was was big, but I think the weather is gonna be a big difference. I I, I don't think they're supposed to get quite as much as, as we are here in the in the Portland area, but um I think that rain, that wind, I mean if you've been up to Husky Stadium in November, you know how cold and wet and rainy mm-hmm. it can be. So um I, I do like that matchup. If Oregon State is able to control the ground game um, I think that gives Oregon State an, an advantage. Angie, speaking of controlling the ground game, have the Beavers decided on a running back that they're going to give like 15, 16, 18 carries a game to? Has has, has that been the guy? Are they, they going to go with Fenwick? Are they going to go with Martinez? Is Jam Griffin going to be the guy? Because there's, they, they appear to be leaning one way, but every game it seems to be, well, maybe we can go with the other guy. Like It's... It, They've got guys that can go with workhorses, but will they make a decision and decide on one? Yeah, I, I think it's pretty much uh, Damian Martinez now. I think he's yeah. earned that spot. I do think we see some Jam Griffin, um, and I think we see Damian or uh, Deshaun Fenwick kind of as that third third option. But uh, Damian Martinez is the guy, and I and I really think it goes back to if you if you really listen to Coach Smith back after that Utah loss, um, you know he he really was vocal about 
just the play calling and it was on kind of some somewhat on the coaches he wanted to reevaluate kind of what they were doing and um yeah i i it's it's going to be martinez is going to be getting the start and uh, like i said i think you see some jam griffin in there but martinez has shown what he can do and a few games later than i thought i thought game three he'd be the guy but uh halfway through the season he's the guy you know and that's an interesting thing though is that you kind of everybody saw this coming when he was one of those guys that he popped early you could see that he had that it factor whatever it is that coaches look for Mm -hmm. you could tell that Davey Martinez has it what does it say about this coaching staff though that they found another one of those guys the diamond in the rough that you know, is able to fit so seamlessly into this system so well. You said after three games, you thought halfway through a season for a true freshman isn't too bad either, though, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, it goes right back to um, just the culture that Smith has brought. It, it goes back to the coaching staff being together as long as they have. Um, they all they, they look for, for certain qualities in, in players. And um, we I just got done taping our, our podcast, and we had Kim Grinnells on from dogman.com, and he was talking about Chris Peterson and kind of how he, the, the whole package of recruiting and, mm-hmm. and identifying. And that's really kind of Jonathan Smith's MO as well. It's, it's not just go out. You know, I, I think Kim said something about Peterson said he had to like a guy, not just on Saturdays, he had to like him the other six days of the week too. And, um, and that's something, you know, Oregon state, it's character. It's, it's looking for guys that fit the mold, the workhorse. Um, but they have, they, you know, they've gone out and found some good guys. I, I, uh, Velling, Jack Velling out of Seattle, the, the true freshman tight end is really stepping up. Um, but these are guys that had other offers coming in late and they stuck with their commitment to Oregon State and, and then they reap the rewards then by early playing time. Angie, I don't want to look too far ahead, but the idea of the Oregon State Beavers, if they win this game, they have what could potentially be a truly special season mm-hmm. on their hands. What does a win here really mean for the Beavs and what Jonathan Smith has built and is continuing to build going forward? Yeah, I, I have this game. I mean, this is, like you said, this this game right here feels to me a, a very big crossroads, mm-hmm. um, actually for both Oregon and, and Washington, Oregon State and Washington, in that you know both teams are sitting at 6-2, and two, very evenly matched statistically. But it feels like the winner is going to maybe move into that echelon of like right underneath the the Oregon, USC, Utah, UCLA, like right there, like in the com- competition, whereas the loser is going to go down in the also-ran category. So um, it, it's a huge game, and it's a huge point. I, you know, I, I actually said, I believe it's in my in my staff pick that will come out tomorrow, but I said that this actually feels like it might be the biggest game in Jonathan Smith's career at Oregon State as a coach um, because it does. You know, Oregon State in this rebuild, they've done all the things that we've talked about that has to happen over time. You know, they, they came in, you know, didn't win any games and then they, or they win like the FCS game. And then they go in and they start playing closer at home and then they start winning at home. And then they start this year. We're seeing them win close games on the road and, um, you know, come from behind and and make wins that, that Fresno state and Stanford game come to mind. And um, the next step now is, is to win against a really good opponent and yeah, I mean, you look at the schedule. Oregon State has, if they can pull off a win and be seven and two after Washington, they have Cal at home, go on the road to ASU. It's setting up for a potential nine and two team facing Oregon. That's awesome. Huge, huge momentum. You know, in this game though, it's going to come down to not just uh, controlling the line of scrimmage on the offensive side of the ball, but you, you can't state enough how well Trent Bray has done with this defense and turning it around. 
and the secondary is going to be tested. Rajon Wright, the doctor, Jaden Grant, Kitana Ladapo, uh, Ryan Cooper, Alex Austin. These guys are going to be tested. This is a pass-happy and really effective Washington offense. Where does it come down for you to uh, this secondary and what they need to do to tighten things up and control UW? Yeah, I mean, but they have. I mean, every single guy you just mentioned all have interceptions this year. It's not just one guy. It's not just like Rajon is the guy. So, I mean, this is a – I say this is the best secondary in the conference. And yeah. I know there will be some that disagree, some. But um, I, I do think Oregon State has to be in the conversation um, because they do. It, you, you throw to if – you, if you avoid Rajon's side, then you're thrown to Alex Austin's side, who just had a pick six last weekend. Or you have Katon, you have – you know, if you go over the middle, you have Katon and you have Jaden. So um, it's a it's a very veteran group. Like, I, I mean, gosh, Jaden's been there like 57 years, I think. But um, <laughs> it, it's actually seven. It's only seven. Okay. But, um, you know, this is a group that they believe in themselves. They believe in the scheme. And like you said, Trent Bray. I mean, seriously, a year mm-hmm. ago, this defense was one of the worst statistically in the country. I think they were at, like, what, 117 when he came in, when Trent took over? Um, I think they're 46th right now. You know, in a year in, in with what, the same basic guys. What, what do they? What do they attribute that to? I mean, is is Trent Bray? Because I, I heard him like right when he first came in. His big thing was we want to simplify things for these guys. Is it as easy as simplifying it to the point where you let the athletes that you have on the roster make plays? Yeah, it, it is somewhat, but they also have been playing very sound, um, and they believe in the scheme. So if you look at linebacker play, has improved, um, but Trent also is very aggressive. I mean, they don't. Oregon State's deficiency would probably be, you know, the, the defensive line, and it has been the deficiency for years. But where they're getting it, you know, they're getting some traction in that people don't know which who's blitzing or who's coming in a in a pass rush. You, you could have an outside linebacker. You could have um, Jaden Jaden Grant. You could have Katana Ladapo. Guys coming from everywhere. So it's very complex in that regard for offenses to read who's coming from which direction. But um, you know, Trent lets him play. He says if if, it, if you make it a little simpler. It, you stick to your assignments and you can play fast, and that's that's what we're seeing this year from the bees. What do we think of the quarterback position uh, right now? I mean, it, it this is so this is so tough. Uh, it, it is it is really tough because uh, you've seen the the growth from Ben, but where are we at at quarterback with health of you know the other two outside of, of Ben Goldbrinson? Yeah, so Chancellor was cleared to you know to participate again, so he's been limited in practice. It is going to be Ben, as we expected this week. You know, if I had one complaint about Oregon State, it's the quarterback play. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that is probably their biggest weakness, which it surprises me. And that is maybe my my biggest you know take with Coach Smith and Coach Lindgren. You know, you have Brian Lindgren, one of the brightest offensive, younger offensive coordinator minds out there. Jonathan Smith is a former quarterback, is known as an offensive guy, and the struggle they've had to attract top-level quarterbacks is, is really surprised me, I guess, in the in the five years now that Jonathan's been, you know, coaching this team. So that's it's an interesting one. I, I know they have a top prospect committed. So um, you know, if Aiden Child ends up in Corvallis, which we're expecting, he, he's got some things to him. I, I like what I see from his his game, but um, I like Ben. I think Ben feels more comfortable in the system. Uh, you know, Carter Baines and I just had a discussion about, you know, he, he's still calling Ben new. And I said, well, this is going to be his fourth start. I mean, at some level, he's not new anymore. You know, he's he's taken live bullets against Utah and some you know some decent defenses. So it's it's go time for him. And, and then the question remains, though, OK, so let's say Ben wins this game or, you know, plays a, a tight game up in Seattle. 
and then Chance is ready to go. Did you see enough from Chance? You know, Coach Lindgren will say he doesn't want a guy to lose a starting spot because of injury, but what I saw from Chance Nolan before the injury was, you know, six interceptions in five quarters. Yeah. Is he going to do enough to, to win that spot back, or does Ben give you the better shot to win? It's going to be an interesting dynamic, and it's it's never easy. I, I and, You know, I have two sons, and one did play some football, and I said, you're never going to be a quarterback because that, <laughs> that's what happens. <laughs> that is so true. And have we heard, have we heard just kind of with Tristan, and, and he's just still listed on the depth chart as the or in there, and he was so special before that, that leg injury, but is it just a the other guys have just outplayed him since then? Yeah, I, I think with Tristan, and I, I can't speak exactly, you know, to anything except that, you know, he is the backup um, mm-hmm. right now. But um, I, I just, what I've seen, what I saw in fall camp with him at practice, it just looks like there's maybe some residual tightness in the hamstring, um, maybe just not the the uh, mobility that he once had or the speed. So, like I said, I don't know um, exactly where he's at health-wise, but um, he is not um, in the coach's eyes at the same level that chance and and ben are what a bummer well we're looking forward to tomorrow tomorrow night up in seattle you got i mean it doesn't get much bigger than oregon state and you dub for what's on the line in both these programs the beeves in the top 25 of the college football playoff ranking they're in the ap top 25 and now can make a statement on national television angie thank you so much for the time we really appreciate it thank you guys there she is angie machado from beaverblitz.com we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.